Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. So in Genesis 17, verse 19, so as usual, we'll just go through a couple of scriptures from the book of Genesis just to help us understand our character for today, who is Isaac. So in Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, and this is something we actually read last week, says that God said, yes, this is to, to Abraham, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So if you remember, God made a covenant with Abraham in his old age. But now we are seeing God giving Isaac the promise even before Isaac has been born. So God's uh, promise to Abraham is being fulfilled through Isaac. And Isaac as well receives a promise uh, from God. And you remember last week uh, we saw that Sarah and Abraham were not believers earlier on. And when God showed up into their lives, he changed their names, he changed their, their identities. And we say that um, God, when, when God changes your name, he's just establishing a new identity within you. In Isaac's case, he gives him his name before he is born. Yeah? And he says that you will call him Isaac. The name Isaac actually means one who laughs or one who rejoices. If you remember, both Abraham and Sarah at some point, because of the possibility of what God had promised them, they laughed when God told them that I will bless you with a son. They laughed. Yeah? Because we saw that they tried to have a child in other means, but God actually meant biologically will have a child. You as the father and you as the mother. Therefore, in hindsight, Isaac, that name just reminds them to rejoice in the Lord and to have a hearty laugh about it. Genesis 21.6, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Amen? At times, you might face a situation that is very difficult, but God takes you through it and you look back and you even laugh and you wonder, what was I afraid of? What was I afraid of? God is bigger than any situation that I go through. And it's not to belittle whatever situation you might find yourself in. I know people are going through very difficult times, very difficult situations they find ourselves in. But whatever it is, it is not bigger than our God. Amen? God is bigger than any situation that you and I are facing. Now, as we go through the scriptures, one thing I realized is that Isaac seems less of a prominent character compared to Abraham and even to his son, Jacob. So he seems like his life has been told as attachments to the life of Abraham, then as an attachment to the life of Jacob. So it's, it's rather an, un, an, un, an unspectacular life, but that is from our eyes. If it was a movie, it'd have been like supporting cast, not like the main, the main cast, just a guy who features somewhere there. That notwithstanding, Isaac was very faithful to God. From when he was born, he was brought up in the ways of God. And was a gift from God, not just to his parents, 
but to future generations which include you and I. Remove Isaac from that equation and history would have been totally different. So in our eyes, he might look like less of a star than his dad, than his son. But he was an integral part to fulfill that promise that God gave to his father and to him. At times we might look at our lives and feel that there is nothing about my life, nothing to write home about. But don't, let's not compare ourselves with other people. God knows what we pass through. God will use us in those situations that we find ourselves in. At times, when we say our lives are unspectacular, you don't know if you wish, if you, if you wish your life to be a bit more spectacular, you might not know what you're calling for. Maybe you're calling for an instruction to sacrifice your son, you know? So you'd rather just be content with where you are, with what God has given you. But God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. We don't need to have the exact same uh, path that everyone takes. God uses us in whatever situations we find it. And our stories uh, are huge testimonies for other people. We all know about, uh, the, he's like the greatest evangelist outside of the Bible. Who can guess who that is? Billy Graham. We all know that name. Very familiar. The guy ministered to hundreds of millions. He brought millions to Christ. You know, he did something very powerful. We're all familiar with that name. Do we know who led him to Christ? We don't know. But guess what? God knows. God knows. Yeah? So we each have a part to play in this whole thing. And God's agenda for each and every one of us is very critical to God himself. Amen? So, uh, Abraham, when advanced in age, he decided to help his son get a bride. This time, however, Abraham had learned to follow God's instruction rather than to try and help God to fulfill his promise. You remember last week what happened? Abraham and Sarah tried to help God fulfill the promise he made, and we know it, it led to a very bad thing in the family. So this time Abraham decided, yes, I'll follow what God says. In Genesis chapter 24, verse 3, Abraham says to his servant, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living. If we move to verse 12, it says, Then the servant prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nehor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, 
filled her jar and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. At times we overcomplicate things. And it's very simple that all we need to do is inquire of the Lord. What this servant did when he was given that, this servant by this time he knew of the promise. And all he did was just inquire of the Lord. We need to get a wife for this guy. And he prayed to God, and God answered him. Yeah? So may we learn from this servant of Abraham that in whatever situation we find him, do we go to the Lord? Or do we turn to God at the very, very last resort when everything else has failed? God always knows what we need, even before we know that we need it. By the way, when you're praying to God, we're not giving him news. God knows. We're not giving him news. But God created us, gave us a free will. So we have to invite God into our circumstances. God will not force his way on you and budge his will on you, but he has given you the opportunity to invite him to come for him to lead you in whatever situation that you find yourself in. And this servant, and at that, verse 45, we are saying, before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out. The guy had not even finished praying. The prayer was answered. The same, the same place just where he stood as he was praying. The prayer was answered. So let us unearth this gem like this servant did. And call on the Lord. Call to God in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Amen? So Isaac, 40 years old, married his wife Rebecca, and they lived happily ever? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was not the situation. So, we learned that Isaac's parents had done a fantastic job of raising him up in the ways of the Lord. So they passed on values to him, and we saw even last week when he was going to be sacrificed, and he was wondering where is the lamb that was going to be sacrificed. His father told him that the Lord will provide that lamb, and he believed. He had not seen any lamb anywhere, but he believed, you know. So these, you can see, values were passed on to him from a very young age. In an era where polygamy was accepted, Isaac took only one wife. Yeah? So there are a lot, you can see a lot of values were passed on to him uh, from birth. So he grew up in the ways of the Lord. However, just like we saw in his father or his parents, there are some patterns from his father that start emerging in his own life, some issues that, that start cropping up. So today we'll just look at three. I'll urge you just to go and read this Genesis. You'll read that whole story and I know God will be able to reveal you a lot more things in this scripture. So the first issue that we see, first pattern that repeats itself is Rebecca, just, just like uh, Isaac's uh, mom, Sarah, is barren. 
You remember? Yes. Sarah was barren. She had been promised that she'd get a son, but she was barren. She was, she was past childbearing age, but God did it. Now, Rebecca as well is barren. Is it that God has forgotten the promise that he gave? I mean, this is biology 101. If you promise defenders, I should be able to get children. But we are seeing it being repeated again. And there are many things that even in our own families, if you look introspectively, you'll notice that there are some patterns that repeat themselves, some of them quite negative. Uh, at times, you can see in a particular family, maybe, maybe a number of the children are born out of wedlock, a number of the people are battling alcoholism, you know. Uh, in some families, you'll see maybe the men all die at a particular age. They don't, they don't live past a particular age. So, at times, there are some generational problems or issues that occur in families. And it seems like in this family of Isaac, this was one of those issues. But as we said, God is waiting for us to invite him in those situations. Because I believe God is able to turn those situations around. Amen? So let's invite God to break these issues in our generation. Let them not be passed on to the next generation. Amen? And we can borrow a leaf from Isaac because in Genesis 25 verse 21, it says that Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. Amen? Amen? Of course God knew this issue was there. But because Isaac believed and brought this request to God, invited God to that, in their situation, God intervened in their situation. God had done it before for his mom. And he did it again for him and his wife. Amen? So at one go, they were blessed with not just a child, but two children. They were blessed with twins. But in that uh, timeline, how long later did they get these children? Remember, Isaac got married at the age of 40. They got children two decades later. So as, as well, this time you are seeing a situation whereby it seems like there's delay from God. But as we saw from last week, from the story of Abraham, that God does not delay. God does not tarry. God is always on time. It might not be the time that we like, but God's timing is always perfect. Amen? So that is the first pattern that we see occurring again. The second pattern that we see coming into play is the issue of favoritism. Abraham favored Isaac over his other son, Ishmael. In fact, at some point, it's like they were told, you leave and go somewhere else, which is really sad for a family to, to, to disintegrate like that. So Abraham showed some favoritism to Isaac, and now Isaac falls into the same trap because he shows favoritism to his first son, Esau. And to make it worse, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, has another favorite, who is Jacob. So the parents pit the children against each other. So that is an issue. And I think it's a lesson for us as parents to love our children equally. Let us love our children equally. The two cannot be the same. They can have different personalities, different giftings, but they are all our children. 
and we should love them equally. Look at these two guys. They were twins, but they were so opposite, one from another. So Isaac, so if we look at this story in Genesis 25, verse 28, it says that Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. This caused a lot, a lot of problems in their family. Jacob, quote unquote, stole Esau's birthright and blessing and had to flee from his father's house because his brother wanted to kill him. And the reason I say quote unquote stole is because I feel the main culprit was actually Isaac because of the favoritism he showed. Isaac seems to be oblivious with the instruction or the revelation God gave to Rebecca on who would receive the blessing. If we move a bit behind to verse 23 of Genesis 25, it says, The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So God had already decreed that the younger would get the blessing. In, in those ancient days, it was tradition that it would be the first son, but God is breaking tradition here. He had already revealed it, but Isaac seems to be oblivious of that fact. So he really wanted the blessings to go to the first son because he showed favoritism. It took actually a clever ploy by Rebecca and Jacob to put Isaac back on track to fulfill God's promise. Unfortunately, it took some form of deception for the will of God to happen. But the root cause was because Isaac had shown favoritism. If we move to chapter 27 of Genesis, verse 1 says that when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak, he could no longer see. He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. Let's jump to verse 8. Uh, so Rebecca tells Jacob, now listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat it so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. We move to verse 14. It says that, uh, so he went and got them and brought them to his mother. This is Jacob. And she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with good skins. When you get to heaven, I'd like to see how hairy this guy was. <laughs> then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father, yes, my son, he answered, Who is it 
Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success. See, Jacob is already lying. He replied, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near, near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son, Esau. Then we move to verse 25. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. So Jacob received the blessing as God had ordained. However, the way it was gotten, it was in the wrong way because Isaac had shown favoritism to one son. If you continue to read in the next chapter, Esau comes with a meat, goes to his father, and discovers that his blessing had been, has been given away. He tried to ask, and he was told nothing. The blessing has already uh, been given. And from there, he becomes so angry and wants to kill his brother. So his brother has to leave. So again, we are seeing a broken family whereby one son has to leave, just like we saw in the case of Abraham's family. It's repeating itself again. Then the third pattern or issue that we see repeating itself in Isaac, as was in his father's life, Abraham. We saw how on two occasions Abraham lied that Sarah was his sister rather than his wife. Well, Genesis 26, verse 6 and 7, it says, So Isaac stayed in Gerah. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister, because he was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca because she is beautiful. So we are seeing that this family is actually a family of liars. <laughs> actually, we've just read and seen even the son Jacob lied. Yeah? So there are some things that are repeating themselves in these families. But remember, these are the people God has given a promise. And God is still intent on fulfilling that promise in these people's lives. Amen? And I think it's good for us just to reflect on ourselves and our families. Just try and pick out some of these generational issues that seem to recur in our families. Let us then invite God to break these chains and give us new identities. Amen? God is able to do it. God is asking for us just to invite him in those situations so that he can he might break those chains for the sake of our future generations. Amen? And although Isaac made mistakes, we can learn from him that God does work miracles and that God can still move within you despite your brokenness to form something very beautiful. Just like Isaac, may we invite God into our own situations because God has already... By the way, 
the, the brokenness in you and me is not a deal breaker for God. It's not a deal breaker. It's not like God will look at your issues and say, no, the promise I made is revoked. That is not a deal breaker. But we have to give God permission to come into our lives to help us in our brokenness so that His will is fulfilled in our lives. Amen? And last week we saw that God, God seems to love using broken people. If you look at the character of all the people God used, they had their own issues that they were struggling with. And you've seen in this powerful family that they were just a normal family with regular issues like the ones you and I go through. But God seems to love these people who are broken. People who are in situations that only God would be their resolution out of that place. God is not interested in using the people who show that I can do this on my own because you end up relying on your own strength and going against the will of God. A good story, in fact, is something I don't want to urge you to read when you go home. The book of Judges, chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8. So this time, these are the descendants. That you know these descendants who are being promised that you have many descendants. So they are here now. And at this point, they are being led by judges. And um, so, unfortunately, they also seem to have their own issues. But God gives them judges who direct them back to God. So at this point, in Judges 6, uh, I'll just read two, two verses. We are introduced to a, a person known as Gideon. So, Judges chapter, 11, chapter 6, verse 11 says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to George the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now look at that. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Wheat is not threshed in a wine press. And the reason he was doing that is because he was hiding from the Midianites. He was afraid. This guy was afraid totally. So he was hiding somewhere to thresh wheat there. Then you are told, when the, when the angel of the Lord, I, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, these are the first words of the angel of the Lord to Gideon. We have seen how he is. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I'm sure he turned to me. <laughs> because this guy was afraid. And if you read thereafter, he goes on a back and forth with God because he does not believe what God is telling Because God is telling him, this same media that you are afraid of, I want you to defeat them. This guy went and said, my, my clan is the weakest in our tribe, and even in our family, the weakest, the weakest. And God, it was a back and forth because he doesn't believe. So finally when he accepted that call, he assembled a whole army. Then God told him, those are too many people that you've assembled. God cut down that number to just 300. And, and it's because God said, if you go with that number, you go and say, we've done it by ourselves. But God wanted to prove a point. With me, you can do anything. Remember when he said, when he was referred to as mighty warrior, it was because he, the, the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Without the Lord being with him, there is no mighty warrior. There's that guy who's afraid. But that is who God is interested in, in using. And as we say, last week, even as we come to a close, that 
There's a book known as All the Promises of the Bible. The author found 7,147 promises from God to you and I. There are people who dispute the number, but all we know is it's in the thousands. There are so many. Even if we claim one promise a day, we'll go so, so many years. And as we've seen, God does always keep his promise. And finally, a portion of scripture that I like because it shows us and identifies us as Isaac is in Galatians 4.28, which says, Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. Amen? So even in the situations we found ourselves in, we have seen that the reason God made this promise to Abraham and his family was not just for Abraham and his family. It was so that they, they became a blessing to the entire earth. That was their mission. God always uses like a point person or a point family to be able to accomplish his will. And I believe in this day and age, God is looking at you. God is looking at me. Pastor Fred has just reminded us the situation in Ukraine. May we not let it just fester out and say, I hope Putin will get his act together. May we just take our role as the children of promise and pray to God because God is able to do it and God is able to rescue the people that are going through a difficult, a difficult time. Amen? Amen. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.